0: Lawrence Electronics, and the California Department of Boating and Waterways. And now, to bring you the best in the outdoors, here's the host of California Sportsman, Seth Hendrickson. Hey,
1: good morning, everybody, and welcome to California Sportsman. It's Saturday, January 28th, and it is cold as heck outside this morning. Nice and chilly, making all those waters perfect temperatures for you. Hey, did you check out the ISC? Oh man, was that a show. We're going to talk about that in depth today. So much is going on out there. It's absolutely amazing. Not to mention my phone ringing like mad in here right now. Sorry, Mr. Mitchell, can't answer that phone right now while you're calling in. You know, folks, we've got so much going on post-show and the great weather that we're encountering right now. Things are really turning on. We're going to kick off the show here in just a second with... Captain Jay Lopes with Right Hook Sport Fishing. He's got a great story to tell you about sturgeon fishing and all the interest at the seminars for sturgeon. Once again, he was packing the seats at the International Sportsman's Expo at the California Sportsman Theater. Captain Jeff Suhu is out chasing stripers this morning. We'll check in live with him. He's live bait drifting. You know there's going to be some action starting to pick up there. We're taking you to Quail Point Hunt Club. We're going to hook up with David Martin Alan Fong hooks up with us with a great segment on stripers. And, yeah, they're out in the port. It's happening, and they're catching already in that clearing water. Mike Ogney hooks up with us, and then we're hooking up with the owner of the International Sportsman's Expo, Brian Lang, and Kent Brown will be hooking up with me, too. There's lots going on. Steve Carson hooks up with us. We're taking you live to Pyramid Lake with J.D. Ritchie. Going to Comanche with Nate Kells with Big Nate's Guide Service. Steve Mitchell with Hooked Up sport fishing will be hooking up with us, too. There's lots going on. And, of course, Dave Hurley, the editor of Western Outdoor News, joins us, too. Let's waste no time, and let's go right now to good old Captain Jay Lopes Right Hooks Board Fishing and check in on what he thought about the ISC and Sturgeon action after all these storms. Good morning, Captain. Good morning, Steph. Good morning. Hey, what, what a great show, huh?
2: It was awesome. Always, uh, always a pleasure doing that show, being part of it, doing the seminars. And uh, just the foot traffic this year was awesome. We uh, we actually saw a lot of people, which was great to see, and booked some trips, and uh, it seems like everyone's about as excited as we are to get back fishing, so that was awesome.
1: Well, Jay, uh, weather conditions, water conditions, everything's starting to line up for you guys. What are we looking at, and what's going to be happening?
2: Well, we uh, we made it back on the water um, this week. Uh, yesterday was our first day back after getting uh, the boat service, this thousand-hour service, so we we're... Did some maintenance there but we were back on the water yesterday um trying to get a feel for things Uh, guys were out this week off and on um there's a little bit of fish everywhere um but one thing i did notice yesterday and i haven't been on the water in about a month is with the flushing of the delta there is a lot of debris in the water not only on the surface but on the bottom so there's a lot of hydrilla um floating around the bottom which was to be expected after five years of no rain so uh it seems to be everywhere. Um, we tried to fish an area yesterday that was kind of off the main channel, and there was still grass over there. The fish don't mind it. it just, you, you just got to work a little harder to keep the gear clean. But we also, we had some good luck yesterday, caught uh, caught two slot fish up to about 58 inches, um, missed a handful of opportunities. Some boats get a little bit better. Um, so there's definitely opportunity out there. You got to work at it. Um, I did notice there's no concentration of fish right now, so kind of to be expected. Everything kind of spread out. Um, today we're going to go look and veer off and do something a little different than yesterday. Maybe we could find them there—that uh, a spot that no one's looked yet in the last week or so.
1: Well, is it all having to do with clearing water and everything else that you're really going to wait for a great bite, or are they going to still be very active in this dark, murkish water?
2: No, they're they're going to be active. I think one thing we're you know experiencing right now that you know we saw in big influx of water so there's a lot that came in at once and then now we're you know basically dropping conditions people may not think it affects it down here and it sure does Um, but i drove the river road home yesterday and the river's dropping like a rock so um it's all going to start shaping up um i I, I was telling one of the guys yesterday that we're going to come out here one day and you know we're going to start fishing more and more now now we start getting into february and uh We know that this, you know, this kind of conditions make it kind of challenging sometimes, but we're going to come out here one day and everything's going to click and all these fish are going to be down on the bottom and it's going to be game on. Um, But like I said, yesterday's action was fine. It was really good fishing. I think one boat did 10 sturgeon alone yesterday. So um, there's definitely opportunity to be there. you just got to maybe, like today, there was, yesterday there was, you know, a lot of boats out. I think today there's going to be a lot of boats out with the awesome weather conditions and the tides and people getting, you know, just locked in doors for too long and we finally have good conditions so I think finding a spot in the shallows away from the boats is going to be a a key factor for us today.
1: Well I'll tell you uh, we're hearing about water starting to clear in some of the backs of the coves and everything but that main current you're talking about that's going to keep coming and still drag stuff on down the system isn't it?
2: Oh heck yeah no it's going to keep coming. Uh, I did hear that Sutter bypass isn't flooding anymore so that's uh, that's going to be huge. The only one that's still got water in it is the Yolo bypass and the, the, the Sacramento Causeway there. Um, so that's got a little water left. But once that stuff start, stops uh, flowing and that's going to allow the everything to kind of stabilize. And uh, like I say, these things are going to get on the heavy chomp and they don't mind the murky water. These fish rely a hundred percent off smell. So water conditions, not so much, but, when Alan starts talking about his stripers coming up in the show, I know that the water's starting to green up, and they're going to start catching the stripers as well. well he, made a,
1: he made a little visit out to Washington Outboard Club out in the port and uh, got a few fish. So it's oh, awesome. it's starting to happen already for the stripers in those areas where the water's starting to clear. But sturgeon is uh, – Jay, I know you're a sturgeon fisherman. I know you've done it all your life. I know you got it in your blood What the hell are you doing in your seminars to pack them in like you do every single time? you got to be sharing something, or there has to be some new interest in all of this, but everybody seems to want to do it now. We had three seminar speakers, every one of the speakers talking sturgeon in different areas in some cases, and you guys all packed the house. What's going on with sturgeon? Is it becoming that much more popular because they're not easier to catch, but you guys have figured out how to catch them?
2: Yeah, definitely. You know, like you say, all the seminar speakers there are really good at what they do. And uh, I think the interest is there this time of year. But I'm, I'm a surgeon's, I think, the most difficult fish for a lot of people, including ourselves, industry pros. Um, so, but we've, we've, a lot of us have learned out, you know, basically learned how to get it done on a regular basis. And it's just the small stuff we cover in our seminars and, like I say, everyone's really good at what they do and everyone does something a little bit different than the next guy, but we're all very productive. And, you know, I think that for the people going to the seminars, they just have a chance to learn a little bit and maybe something different. It could just be, you know, maybe how we're rigging up our baits or how we're setting up on the fish. I mean, it could be just a couple minor, minor adjustments that's going to improve someone's ability to catch a sturgeon out here. There are plenty of sturgeon out here and, uh, and, uh, And once you get it figured out, learn how to use your electronics, it it becomes a lot easier than just sitting and waiting.
1: Absolutely. There's no comparison. You guys have got it figured out. There's no question about it. And, yes, there are plenty of sturgeon out there. It's not like you guys are taking every fish out of the system. That's for certain. And I happen to know that every one of you guys that talks on the radio show promotes catch and release every opportunity you can, too. So it doesn't make much difference to me because I know the truth about what you guys were up to out there. Jay, it's amazing. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, no. Sorry about that. Uh, It's amazing to me how we've shifted on baits and everything. You know, roe is always a great one. There's no question about that. But the variety of baits, when when I was brought up in this, when I was a teenager, you know, decades ago, it was grass shrimp, ghost shrimp, all of that, pile worms. We were putting everything on there. It looked like a shrimp cocktail when we had it in the water. But nowadays, yeah. but nowadays, you've perfected it to baits that hold on forever with your eel. It lasts forever. You can use it time after time. You kept multiple fish on it. Yeah, 100%.
2: That, you know, I think that's what we got to get back to. And everyone says, oh, the eel don't work. Eel don't work. Shrimp don't work. all you need is salmon roe. I That's that's a lie. Yesterday, I caught a slot fish on a piece of Lambrey eel. I don't think they know that. I, I think they're such an opportunistic feeder. I don't think it matters what you put down there as long as you're in front of them and I, I am fishing more eel right now with these water conditions than I have been in the last, you know, season, you know, since we started in October, just because when the water is dark like this, sometimes a little, something a little more, a little stink to it gets more bites. But we are going to fish more eel today. We got bit on it a couple times yesterday. Um, of course, the salmon row I know the go shrimp's working. I I don't think it really matters, Seb. As long as you're in the area where there's fish, I don't think they're going to go to one person's bait or the next. As long as they're feeding and you're on them, you'll catch them.
1: You know, with all this turbidity and the water being dark and everything going on, the winds, the cold, the heavy rains, there's got to be a lot of dead fish that are just kind of rolling along the bottom, just heading right to those sturgeon. You know they just line up out there waiting for stuff to come to them in the current anyway. 100%.
2: 100%. And I think it's more just putting your bait on them where they're at, and just letting them come to your spread, and don't be so you know, yeah, that's the biggest thing when it comes to sturgeon fishing, in my opinion. And, up on them.
1: and don't be impatient. Wait it out because they're all as soon as you get it down, they're starting to move towards you as soon as they get the scent, unless they just finished eating, God knows what.
2: Right, yeah, no, they're they're waiting on the scent. So if anything, if one thing I did stress on my seminars is we do use a lot of scents and key or keeping fresh bait out there. So. That, that, that is a big big factor for these fish is just make sure you have fresh baits out there. Keep it fresh. Keep running your baits, moving your baits around, casting the new spots behind the boat, and try to find out where they're hanging out, and you'll get your bites.
1: All right, let's change the pace real quick. How about the new boat? What are we looking at?
2: Um, it's coming together. My uh, <laughs> We've had projects going on that thing the last uh, month. Um, I think we just have uh, the dash new dash being built. Um, The sea deck comes this week. We'll put that on the boat, put the new anchor winch on, which we have. I think we might be fishing the boat probably within two weeks. So um, that's really exciting for us. And then we'll be ready for our Coast Guard inspection the end of March and get ready for our spring halibut season down the bay.
1: Well, real quick, tell them what you got and how big it is and uh, what a fishing platform it's going to be.
2: Yeah, it's an awesome, awesome platform. It's 30 foot long. It's 12 and a half foot wide, so quite a bit bigger than the boat I've been fishing the last 18 years. Um, but it also um, has the ability now to take more than six people. We still are a six-pack, and that's what we're pushing, but if you want to bring your your neighbors down the street or both your neighbors down the street, we can accommodate accommodate more than six people. We're taking up to 10 people, but eight is going to be our new number during the summer, so we're going to be our new eight-pack, offering six-pack amenities, so that's what we're shooting
1: for. 30 feet long, you're not going to be driving a trailer back and forth to Sacramento, are you?
3: No more. No more.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're probably happy as heck about that. I am.
2: I am. I get to hang out in the big dock with my buddy James Smith now down in Berkeley. That's like the, the highlight of my career right now. Is I get to hang out and be part of the, the big boy
1: dock. So. Yeah, that must be 28 feet or longer Let you into that big boy club, apparently. That's why you this went for the 30.
2: This is the fact. I barely made it.
1: Captain Jay Lopes with Right Hook Sport Fishing. Folks, if you want the trip of your lifetime, go out sturgeon fishing with him. You will not regret it. Jay, give him all the hookup information they need. And if you can wait a week or two, you might be able to get on his new boat. So uh, book it, folks. Good. Give him all that hookup info, Jay.
2: Give us a call at 916-417-5670 uh, and on the web at righthooksportfishing.com. Give us a call. We're booking uh, weekdays only now. We're sold out on weekends for the next few months. So there's plenty of midday opportunity for you. anyone that wants to get out when there's not a lot of boat traffic.
1: That's the best time midweek. That's what I do. I, I took take weekends off for the last 26 years because of the radio show, and I know the best time to go fishing is Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. 100%. Jay, thanks much for hooking up with us, and congratulations on great seminars, great seminar attendance, and not to mention you're pretty damn good on the radio too, my friend. Thank you for hooking up with us. Uh-huh. We appreciate it. Have a great day out there, and have a great new year. Well, right thanks, guys. Thanks for everything. Captain Jay Lopes with Right Hook Sport Fishing. We'll be right back after this quick break. We're going to take you live on the water with Jeff Suhu chasing Delta stripers this morning, right after this quick break.
0: Planning a fishing getaway, a private charter, a tour of San Francisco Bay or Northern California's coast. The California Dawn Sport Fishing Boat is the answer
1: Prices check first with Ron Duprat Ford and Dixon. Find out more at rondupratford.com or call toll free at 877 463
4: 5436. Why would you buy any place else? Kingfisher Boats has become the standard for sportsmen who value toughness, ride, comfort, and great fishability. And Godfisher Marine and Dixon is your, your heavy, heavy gauge, gauge aluminum, aluminum boat, boat headquarters. headquarters featuring the full line of Kingfisher boats. The offshore, coastal, sport, or river jet series boats from 16 to 35 feet are designed. For saltwater, freshwater lakes, or river fishing. And Godfish and Marine's trained cell staff will help you select exactly what you need when it comes to power and accessories. Kingfisher's clean lines, classy paint choices, stainless accents, diamond plating, stylish interiors and storage all add up to the highest quality boat on the market today. Learn more at Godfish and Marine and Dixon, gfmarine.com or
5: Kingfisherboats.com. Now, more California sportsmen with Seth Hendrickson.
1: Hey, we're back, and we've got lots of show for you today. I'm going to take you just a moment out to the Delta. We're going to climb on board with Jeff Suhu, a Suhu Sport and check on Delta action. And then right after that, we're going live to Quail Point Hunt Club, where I'll bet the conditions are absolutely ideal for great hunts out there. We'll talk with the owner, David Martin. And then, of course, Alan Fong's got everything you want to know about stripers. Are they starting to get, get a little more active? Are they starting to hit? The answer to that is, yeah, maybe. But I think you're going to find out the answer to that is yes, and it's only going to get better. Well, let's waste no time. Let's head out there right now and check in with Captain Jeff Suhu of Suhu Sport Fishing and find out what his expectations are with the water, the clearing, the cold, and everything else going on. It's a very slow clearing, though, isn't it, Jeff?
6: Hey, good morning. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. It's it's, it's dirty and you know, it's it's what to expect, right? We got all this rain that we what we were asked for. We got it; it's well, there.
1: you got to be careful what you ask for. You got to put limits on how much you ask for. But I think we can use all we can get, and I'm kind of hoping there's some more coming. I just don't like those storms that never stop. When you got the big puddles out in your front yard, going hmm. But, That's it. Well, we're gonna talk fishing here, Jeff. What are you seeing out there right now with the conditions? I know, really off color and everything. Probably starting to clear in some of the areas where you could probably go in and fudge a few fish out. What's your interpretation of going on out there right now?
6: You know, right now you, we haven't been out. You know, we're live from the couch right now. You know, of we're going to resume our trips here. We're going to resume our trips here. Uh, beginning of March, we'll start looking depending how much rain we get. And uh, if I were to, were to go look right now, I'd probably concentrate down south. You know, south south delta water be cleaner and and typically there's 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 fish holding holding down there. Um, this time of year you know historically we used to go down south and the water would be clear and we'd fish through the winter down there
1: well apparently there's a lot of goodies floating through the water coming down there how about some of the waters up in your neck of the woods out in the uh, Brentwood area out that direction are they clearing at all or is that really staying cloudy
6: it's it's cloudy you know water's about 52 to 54 degrees so you know, there's a lot of hope. You know, it's worth taking a peek around.
1: Oh, yeah. And that's kind of the fun part, if, especially when you drop in on a school while you're taking a peek around. You just go, oh, we've found something. They might be moving through here. I wonder which way they're going.
6: <laughs> Definitely. You can expect that right now. You can really surprise yourself. That we'll, you'll we'll find good group of fish. Well, uh, you're gotta pretty, put in the time.
1: You spend most of your time doing live bait drifting out there. And as we talked about, boy, those things have got expensive that you're having to buy. Has any of the pricing changed on anything with the storms? Probably getting, oh, no. probably going up, huh?
6: Yeah, same price, same price. You just can't, you know, this time of year, you can't get less anyways. But we had such a tough time last year with lack of, uh, there was no bait around. The guys couldn't trap and they weren't going. And we whatever we got our hands on, they were eating up, you well, know.
1: The cloudy water is probably going to not help us a whole lot either for a while. Bait's going to probably be a little tough to get their hands on, but... I'm sure I know how you guys work. You're calling every bait shop there is out there. You know, there's a guy driving down the road. He's got 400 dozen in the back of his truck, and you're willing to meet him on the side of Highway 5.
6: That's it. We'll take it all.
1: (laughs) There you have it, folks. (laughs) Desperation. But these charter captains, they all need to be lined up and ready to go for it. Well, Jeff, I know that uh, smart captains, and that's not to say dumb captains don't, but smart captains will often take their breaks right now, and that's what's going on all over from the salt water back down in here when you get a little off fishing conditions, everybody has that opportunity to upgrade their boats, to fix problems or to fix something that wasn't fixed right the first time. All of those things get taken care of, and then you're ready to haul. You've got it figured out that you figured you'd target the water starting March 1st. But in our conversation the other day, you said, things are looking a little better. I might go out a couple of
3: weeks earlier.
6: Oh, no, definitely. Yeah. You, you know, it, you, there's no set date of when you're going to go fishing. It's conditions, and conditions are right. We go look. You know, people want a book right now, but you know we're not here to take you for a boat ride. Right? We're here to go catch fish, and and until we get out on the on the groups of fish, uh, it's just not really it's not worth going.
1: Well, it's a it's a good thing you've kind of got that same attitude that the guy that recommended you to us uh, had, Mike Graver <laughs> with Intimidator Sport Fishing. He doesn't want to take people on boat rides. He wants to take them out there and have them smiling all day long catching fish. And that's what that's Jeff's it. doing too. He'll let you know, yeah, save your money this week. Why don't you book a week down the line or maybe two weeks down the line and we'll get into some much better action. That's what it's all about. Jeff, give them all the hookup information they need, phone numbers, where they can find you on the internet, all that good stuff.
6: Oh, yeah, you can reach 925-899-4045. Check us out on our website at com. Look us up on Facebook or Instagram at Suhu Sport Fishing. See what's going on. As soon as we start fishing and and uh, getting good results, we'll be posting.
1: Absolutely. Appreciate you hooking up with us, and I can't wait for it to get going, too. I want to get out there on the water with you and catch a few.
6: All right. Thank All right. you, guys.
1: Jeff, thank you for hooking up with us today. Jeff Suhu with Suhu Sport Fishing. That number again, folks, 925-899-4045. Give him a shout, book a date, and have a blast. Jeff, thanks for hooking up with us. Thank you. Have a great day. All right. You do the same, my friend. All right. Let's head you now to Quail Point Hunt Club. All I got to do is find the right button here, David, and I'll bring you up. David Martin, the owner, joins us right now. And he not only owns Quail Point Hunt Club, he also owns Olive Hill Kennels, where a lot of my dogs have come from. Good morning, David. Good morning, Seth. How you been, bud? I have been well, but uh, I've been better, too. You know, we had all the winds. We had all the heat. Then we had all the wind again. Then we had the rain. Then it rained more, it rained again, then we had the wind, and you've got to have perfect conditions out there right now.
7: Yeah, you know, from New Year's Eve till about the 10th of January, we got about 24 inches of rain out here, which is a ton. Uh, but the beauty of Quail Point, man, this place drains so good with the elevation that we have in the valleys and, the, and that, that water runs off in a couple of days, and it gets that ground good and saturated. Uh, the downside is it blew some of our old cover down, but that new cover is coming up pretty good, and, and uh, conditions are great. A lot of scent on the ground. Uh, seems like there is air moving every day to help the dogs find those birds. And uh, guys have been really, really doing doing well out here, getting a lot of a big percentage of their birds.
1: Well, with I am not going to say a bad duck season, but I am going to say with a real slow start to our duck season this year, it must have brought business your way.
7: There's no doubt about it. There's guys that uh, just said they didn't get blinds this year. Or they they they've been out and uh, it's just not worth the time out there uh, up north anyway. That's what's going on. Um, and some guys are doing good. Some guys are coming in and having birds clean things like that. And uh, they're just they're, they're grinding in and out and getting some birds. But it's uh, we've had a lot of guys that usually are duck hunt don't come out till February March. We're seeing them a lot earlier this year. Uh, been really busy. We've been sold out every day this week. Next week's going to be sold out with the weather being nice, blue skies. Um, it, it, the phone's ringing off the hook.
1: And that's a terrible thing to happen, isn't it? My golly. You know, folks, just exactly like booking a fishing trip, If they're so packed because so many people want to get outdoors right now and, and go do things. Everybody's booking up. You heard them talk about, hey, all our weekends are taken on our sturgeon trips. Well, here's David telling you right now he's booked solid for quite some time. You need to make your reservations. You need to make your plans, get your buddies together and get out there. No question about it. Well, David, uh, how about Sporting clay? Is that still active and rolling?
7: Oh, yeah, yeah. We're getting ready to start our Sporting clay season one month from this weekend. Uh, We'll start our first tournament of the year. We've got a couple of uh, uh, corporate shoots coming up, fundraiser shoots. But, yeah, we've got 16 stations set up. We've got a practice grid. Um, We've got some targets that are really easy, some in the middle, and some that are a little challenging to, to make everybody happy. We've got 16 stations set up. Um, and I'll tell you, I've talked to a lot of people. These corporate shoots that we do out here, we do about 8 or 10 a year, those are great shoots for people that want to come out and be in a, like a competitive environment with really easy targets. Uh, those targets are set to be fun, um, not boring, but you know, not those screamers at 60 yards, things like that. Uh, and, and they might be interested in coming out and looking at some of these corporate shoots just to get in there and, 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 and try a, a competition that's uh, not going to make them feel like they're not shooting well. Uh, and then there's a lot of new people joining the NSCA and uh, we've just been throwing a ton of targets. It's just been, it's been off the hook as well.
1: Well, I got to tell you, you, you know, I came out there a few years ago for one of your big ones, a regional or whatever it was, but it was huge. Yeah. And folks, it, you think a sporting clay is like, yeah, a little clay pitching goes by in front of you and you shoot it. That's cute. Well, it's a lot more uh-huh. difficult than that. When you go out like Marilyn and I did, we stole one of David's golf carts And we drove around to all the different places. You can walk around and watch them shooting at all these stands. They even got cold drinks. ice cream, popsicles during the summer when it's going on. It's a great setup. And you can watch some of the finest guys out there shooting that you have ever seen before. These guys make you look like hell as a shooter. That's what they do. You make you feel terrible with some of the difficult shots that are laid out there. And it is so embarrassing for me to watch these guys shoot. Compared to what I do,
7: yeah, and I tell you, with, with the amount of machines that we have these days, and, and uh, that we we have multiple courses set up, and so there there might be we have a, a, a course called Pack a Lunch. Uh, it means you're going to go out there and you're really going to grind to get half the targets. But guys want those kind of targets to go out there and practice. And there's another one that's called Mission Impossible, and that's the easiest targets you'll have out here. Uh, and the, the Mission Impossible part is to go out and focus for a hundred targets and, and shoot every one of them because every one of them is hittable. And we have everything in between we have a short bird long bird course, uh, and it's just what it sounds like there's one really close bird and one really uh really tougher bird and uh there's it, just a good variety of targets out here and you just to get better you gotta you gotta you gotta shoot tougher targets and you'll find that out a lot
1: I remember some of those that you had they were shooting right in a valley about two feet off the ground then they'd come out break out over a rise coming right at you Amazing shots that are put together out there, forcing you to become an absolutely great shot and these guys they shoot hundreds of rounds just practicing, don't they?
7: Yeah, they sure do. We've uh, we've we had a guy out here from um, Northern California doing lessons yesterday, and every one of his students went out in two hours. They shot 450 rounds, uh, you know, 50 rounds during the lesson. They're just they're shooting, they're shooting, they're shooting, they're grinding, they're working on things, they're working on their mount, they're working on their setup, they're working on how they see the bird. Uh, a lot of times they're just throwing birds and they're watching the, the way the bird flies so they can kind of figure out where they want their insert point and their impact point, things like that. There's a there's a lot of little things to it to be a great shooter, but not everybody has to do that either. You can come out here with your buddies and go out and bring a case of shells and just go out and screw off and have fun. That's what I do when I go
1: out there. That way I'm not so embarrassed. However, I got to tell a quick story. I don't remember the guy's name. Yeah. The big big guy you had out there, like six six three ten three twenty Wonderful shot. He took me out. We were shooting that one that goes straight up in the air and then drops back down and straight down. And I'm sitting there, bang, 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 missing it by a mile every time. And he goes, lead it by 15 feet, Seth. I'm like, oh, no, that's way too far. I led it by 15 feet and went seven for 10. Amazing what you can learn out there. The speed of a fall is a lot faster than you think it is, folks. Trust me.
7: Yeah, there's no doubt about it. A lot of it's uh, your insert point, your uh, your follow through, you know, keeping your gun moving after you pull the trigger. Um, I, you know, when I first started shooting sporting plays, I was shooting in the 60s, and, you know, last week I shot a 93 at an event and I was thrilled. So, uh, And I don't shoot that much. I don't get to shoot as much as I want, but uh, it's a lot of fun. It's a really good way to get the kids out here and pull the trigger. If they're looking to get their hunting license, if you want to work on gun safety, you know, loading the gun, shooting, unloading. Uh, walking from station to station with the gun pointed in the right direction, safety on, things like that. It's a great way. For, it, there's just so many benefits to shooting sporting plays. It's unbelievable.
1: Well, it's a great place to go, folks. And there's one other little thing on the side called Olive Hill Kennels where they've got a lot of pups that come running out of there every now and then. Most of them are already spoken for or spoken for before they're even born, aren't they? Yeah,
7: that's been the fact for the last few years. Uh, we do, but We do have about six or eight litters a year. Uh, we train for upland game, uh waterfowl, basic obedience. Uh if you're just looking for a place to come board your dog, uh we can we can do it all for you. And it's 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 a good family fun environment as well.
1: All right, David. Give them all the hookup information they can possibly need because uh they gotta get out there and make an early reservation to make sure they can get a spot
7: in the field. Yeah, give us a call for a reservation or ask questions at five three oh. or check us out at quailpoint.com Thank you, David.
1: We appreciate it. And Kent Brown and I will be seeing you out there if he ever gets back from Boise, Idaho. That sounds good. We'd
7: love to see you, buddy.
1: David Martin, Quail Point Hunt Club. Thanks for hooking up with us. We'll talk to you again real soon. Take care, my friend. What a great guy and a great place to spend some time and shoot some gunpowder. We're going to take a quick break right now. When we come back, it's time for the RVs and Destinations with Manteca Trailer and Motorhome. Y'all stick around. You're going to get hooked
0: Give him a call at 916-417-5670 and book a trip now. Or check him out on the web at righthooksportfishing.com.
5: Northern California's newest tackle shop, Bodega Tackle, is located in Petaluma, right on the way to Bodega Bay. Bodega Tackle, a one-stop shop, features high-quality live and frozen tray baits, plus a full selection of tackle for bay and ocean fishing, as well as tackle for freshwater species. Owner Ken Brown and his experienced staff are on hand and ready to help anglers get rigged up. Need fresh line? Bring in reels for a new Line at the Berkeley Line Winding Station. Check them out on Facebook, Instagram, and at BodegaTackle.com. Bodega Tackle, open seven days a week. Stop by, and you'll catch more fish. Morantz
4: is a leader in marine electronics, design, and manufacturing. And their new HDS Live Series with active imaging and GPS mapping products are cutting-edge technology. And light years ahead of the competition, Morantz offers a comprehensive range of products for your every need. From entry-level fish locators to the most sophisticated marine electronics on the market today, they're easy to use and are backed by a comprehensive advantage service program. The new live series with active imaging and 3-in-1 sonar combines LORAN's Chirp with side scan and down scan imaging, allowing anglers to quickly search fish holding structures and enhances fish reveal with a higher level of clarity and target separation. Lowrance products provide sportsmen with the ultimate in high performance features at competitive pricing. Clearer views, less clutter, more targets, incredible shallow and deep water performance. Lowrance has it all. Check out the new HDS Live with touchscreen display and the entire line of Marine Electronics at your favorite dealer or on the web at Lowrance.com. Lowrance is the perfect locator for you. It's time for RVing and destination, sponsored by Manteca Trailer and Motorhome. Since 1970, Manteca Trailer and Motorhome has cared for their customers with warm, personal attention and high standards of product and service excellence. They offer customers great value in pricing on industry leaders such as Jayco, Winnebago, Newmar, and many more. You'll be amazed by the selection of new and used RVs, toy haulers, fifth wheels, trailers, and motorhomes, and the huge inventory to choose from. Recipient of the West Coast Dealer of the Year and multiple Best of Awards, Bantica Trailer and Motorhome has become one of Northern California's highest volume RV dealers. And now, here's Sepp with another great reason to be outdoors and RVing.
1: For those of you that are thinking about buying a new motorhome, one of the biggest curiosities is what it's like to really drive one whether it's the little small vans like you see out there on the road or the big monster diesel pushers. The truth is that many owners come to love travel days and others learn to hate them because they're so intimidated by the RV. A little practice and experience, of course, are part of the equation, but there's some simple steps that any motorhome owner can make that make driving more comfortable. Now, here's just a few ways motorhome owners... And old-timers can get comfortable and confident behind the wheel, whether they've got a new or a used motorhome. Number one, it starts at the dealer lot. If you get a chance to take a unit out for a ride, drive, do it. You need to know what it feels like. This monster going down the road, you'll be surprised you've got a lot more control over it. And it seems a lot smaller when you're behind the wheels. The bottom line is get experienced. Know what it feels like to be sitting there ask questions, and see how it feels to sit in the captain's seat before you go by or drive a long ways enjoying your motorhome heading down the road. Get comfortable with it up front. Take a test drive. Get out there and see what it feels like, how it rattles, what you need to pay attention to, and making sure you can change lanes, find the signal changers, all the good things that you need to do, turning on windshield wipers, headlights. All of those things. Get comfortable looking around at the mirrors and comfortable on the road. And you need to learn to communicate. Another pair of eyes and ears are always valuable when you're backing into a spot, pulling out of a site, or just buying gas at a gas station. Establish a communication plan with your partner or your co-pilot for common maneuvers like changing lanes, backing up, parking. Sure, the scenery may be tough to ignore sometimes, But knowing you have a partner to help you get in trouble-free is a lot easier than banging off a tree or a couple of concrete posts. That includes hand signals for pulling in and out of campsites for sure, but you might want to try those simple little walkie-talkies where you can talk back and forth and not be heard yelling all over the campground. Especially when you're not happy about something. Well, take a walk around before you leave, that's for sure. Building confidence on the road is gained by walking around your RV and making sure everything is unhooked, everything's unplugged, the sewer hose is put away, the awning's in, your electrical stuff's unplugged and all stored, and everything's locked up and ready to roll. Makes it a whole lot more fun when you go camping if you feel confident with what you're doing. I do.
4: Further. Manteca Trailer and Motorhome, catering to sportsmen around the West.
8: We're not the biggest, we're the nicest. The Bob Davis people at Manteca Trailer and Motorhome. Manteca!
4: Fishing it's
9: fine, but hooking is the only way. We're going to show you
3: how to catch some fish
1: today. Well, y'all know that can only mean one thing. The man himself, the rod father, Mr. Alan Fong, joins us live from Alan Fong Outdoors. Good
10: morning, Alan morning
1: how you guys doing? No no no, cut the crap. Let's get right to the what's going on out there at Washington outboard club and in the port <laughs> my friend don't don't screw around on me and stripers.
10: <laughs> yeah, you know what there's uh a, a lot of stripers in there right now. um I was out there yesterday. We caught quite a few. The water has you know a good probably maybe only about a foot visibility, but it's not muddy. Like, I went down last week down to the main delta, and it's still real muddy down there. So, all the fish seem to gather in there. But there's been some nice ones caught. Well, the pictures you
1: sent me this morning look like they're probably, what, 6 to 10s right around in there? Yeah, they're around 5, 6 pounds. Okay, well, those are still nice-sized fish, and you, they're a big tug on the other end of the line when you haven't been able to fish for them too much lately.
10: Yeah, they're, they're squoies, but Rick's been staying, and he's been... Um, fishing a little deeper wire than I have, and he's not catching nearly as many. But he's catching bigger fish. He's catching a lot of fish in the eight to twelve pound range. But there's, they'll get in there a little thicker here pretty quick because it's still pretty muddy, you know, down in our river system.
1: Well, they're probably so, doing the same thing you're doing, looking around for that uh, anything that's a little bit clearer, anything with slight visibility, in it because that's going to attract the minnows and everything. And it's just that food chain starts up at that point until you show up tossing
3: lures.
10: Yeah, you know they um, all fish want to be able to see. They don't want to be somewhere where they get whacked real easy. So they head, and they find that clear water. And you know, all, back in the days when the Sac River used to get real muddy, they all used to head into the port. So it's. Um, I haven't been in the other side of the North Delta yet because it's still you know with all the levee breaks and the consumers and. All that water going all over everybody's farmland it just makes it like a mud hole so i'm gonna wait a little bit well it's it's just a matter of
1: time until things really get going but it's uh certainly happening now i don't we've got some slight chances of rain over the next couple of weeks coming in nothing like we had experienced already so it should just be typical going on how do you think this is going to stack things up alan for the big spawn and the and the wide open action is this going to be far better as a result of the high water and everything going on? More fish are going to head up do you think?
10: Yeah, I'm telling everybody just hold off you know just wait a little bit and I think all hell's going to break loose this year and you know this is like back in the old days when I just couldn't wait to that water where I could see down about a foot and it uh, warms up a little bit you know because we've been having not only a lot of rain and mud but it's been really cold so you know we're still dipping in the 30s at night so when it stays in the 40s and then gets up in the 70s and high 60s then i'm gonna go hunt and i think i'm gonna have a good year what were you tossing out there yesterday were you doing a lot
1: of uh, teach stuff or were you uh concentrating pretty uh, every, much on big baits
10: everything on a rigs. all right so you had it so, all you know white grubs the whole yeah. bit uh, yeah i put i'm running five inch uh, swim baits on there and You know, and Denise was telling me, you know, how come I was the only one getting bit? And I said, well, you you know, you got to ask. So, basically, she had her A-Rig spread too wide, and you want to keep it a little tighter. So, she goes, you know, let's do a little short video on it. So, we're going to start doing some shorts where I'm telling you what you're doing wrong. So, I'm showing you an A-Rig that's all spread out like hers was. And I'm saying, if you don't want to catch anything, use it like this. And then I shrunk it down and showed so that, you know, because whenever you see shad swimming around, they all know, they all have, they turn the same time. It's unbelievable how they, you know, dart around. So you need to keep your baits close to where they don't tangle up. And then she shrunk it down, and she caught two in a row. Yeah, You know, you it's, a, it's a more
1: natural <laughs> presentation where they're tight. If yeah. you got a big striper moving up on five baits that are or five swimmers in front of them, and they don't get tight together and start heading out, that isn't natural. They're just laying there wanting to get eaten. You got to tighten it up you know, like they're going to do. They're going to try to look big and one solid object that won't fit in that mouth.
10: Yeah, we. I've caught a lot of times on a rigs with the striper with two lures in the mouth. <laughs> well,
1: I was so going to. You know, I was going to ask you this question. You can tell the striper bite is on in the port when you get two or three fish on at the same time. Have you seen that yet? Not yet, but we
10: had a double yesterday, so yeah,
1: it's going to happen. It's they're going to be jumping all over things out there. Probably multiple sizes too, those stupid little ones coming in and a big one thinking he's going to get them all.
10: Yeah. Oh yeah. It's time well, Alan,
1: the uh, videos that you're posting on YouTube are ac- absolutely great. I was watching them all this week, and I got to tell you, boy, you're really starting to get stylish with your clothing now, too. You know, are you going to sign a deal with somebody, and so you yeah.
10: can tell me, goes, yeah, you got to dress a little better, and then you got to act more. When we're doing these shorts, he's having me yell out and call stupid. But anyway, you know what I did? I snuck up to Barieza too the other day. And, I, I, um, saw the, water... I saw the
1: photo. I saw you talking, and I know exactly where you were standing. Go ahead.
10: Yeah, so water came up about 18 feet. And, you know, I was really surprised that I went with my gear for salmon. And I said, come on, I want to go down there. I want to go look around. That's over. <laughs> as soon as I turned the grass on, and I kept seeing all the bait and all the fish down at 60 to 70 feet. Yeah. And the row's. It just rose 18 feet and then fish just sunk back down. It's, I can't. I can't figure that lake out. And you control.
1: You control treble hooks on a spreader through there on an A rig and nothing will hit it.
10: Nope, nothing. And I didn't get bit, so I picked up a spoon and fished for bass for a little while. And I caught four, so at least I caught some.
1: Well it got to be some crappie and bluegill running around out there but I, I just think everything that's been going on at that lake with it coming up so fast it's up even higher today they're up only 28 feet down right now so it's really yeah. it's really coming up it will continue they have a wonderful watershed out there that really brings a lot of water to that lake yeah
10: it's really looking good and I'm looking forward the water temperature is 54 degrees you saw the you, know, clari-
1: you saw the clarity that was green water man
10: It's good. And, you know, I I was going to go look for crappie, but I couldn't get out in the the main body. I went out there, and there were rollers. There was a north wind about maybe 20 miles an hour, and I said, hell with that, I'm not going out there. I didn't even. (laughs)
1: I've done that. I've done that. And I've done that run on New Year's Eve into five-foot whitecaps in a jet boat. It is not a fun place to be when those are rolling from the north. Nope. They, they can north, be monsters and they can be a terrible pounding ride, too.
10: Yeah, north is bad. You don't want to go there on north wind. And if you do go if you
1: have to go north, hug the the west the, excuse me, the eastern shoreline and go up that way. It'll be a lot calmer than it would out there in that main body up above the island. Jeez, that can get yep. treacherous. You still, have, there.
10: you still have to go quite a ways from the mouth to get on that east side. Yeah,
1: that's a fact.
3: It, <laughs> it's
10: pretty it, airy. It it really is, and that's why you came
1: back inside the narrows areas where things are a little bit more calm and a lot more fishable.
10: Yeah, and I went home. Yeah, I don't blame I you. <laughs> well, oh, wait, that
9: lake
8: Go
10: it's ahead. Gonna, it's gonna, that lake's going to turn on, but I don't know what's going on with the salmon or the trout. I don't know. I think we're too late
1: on the Kings out there. They probably already tried their thing with, as soon as that water came in. Anything that was going to try to spawn up that way probably headed north. But I would imagine some of the next year's groupings are going to be hanging around in that area for a while with the water coming in at that rate.
10: Yeah, it's going to be a – you know, we got the water this year, so, you know, I'm planning on, you know, this fall getting
1: into them again. Well, we'll I am certain that you will – Well, one other quick thing about uh, Lake Berryessa is that it's a uh, wonderful fishery for just about everything. And you have been uh, touching just about every species of fish in that lake. The uh, rainbow trout action has been starting to pick up with some of my friends are getting them, but they're bait fishing from shore right now. So those fish must be cruising the shoreline looking for easy to find minnows and stuff along the shore. So bait fishermen are doing pretty good out there. Some of the guys are even using power bait along there. And I talked to a couple of guys that had been out. It's just sitting in a cove with power bait. And, of course, they don't know what they're going to catch sitting in the cove. How about an 8 and a 10-pound catfish? There's some uh, decent action going on out there. Well, Alan, we just finished up with the big International Sportsman's Expo. You had four seminars, one on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So much interest in striper fishing right now. And of course, you usually pack the house and you did it once again. A lot of great interest and in folks really wanting to get into this, aren't there?
10: Yeah, there's a, you know, going after these big ones is what I kind of keyed the seminar on, showing guys that, you know, how big a base I use. And, you know, they're not cheap, you know, but, you know, once you tangle into a couple of them big fish, you're done. You're hooked.
1: Well, it's. And it's you got to have.
10: Go ahead. You got to
1: have uh, what? I don't ever want to stop you when you say, I, and you got to have, because I know you're about ready to either tell us a lie or tell us the truth. <laughs> I don't lie. <laughs> Not anymore. Well, you you got, got too old to lie. Now you start telling the truth.
10: Yeah. you got to have a slim bait rod, the right line, everything. And I did a demo on the tank after I did your theater, and I showed people how I modify those lures so they don't move. They look natural, like a fish just sitting there. So I think everybody liked it, so we'll see
1: what happens. Oh, no question about it. And you were a busy man at the big Fisherman's Warehouse megastore you had set up in the International Sportsman's Expo. Fabulous deals on locators. I'm sure they probably still have some deals for them when you get over to the stores post the ISE show too. But what bargains, what deals, how many, just wild guess, how many locators
10: did you guys blow out of there? I, <clears throat> we had the sell you know, probably close to – 50 big units. Yeah, the
1: monster so, units they were marked down like what, 1500, $2000 off.
10: Yep. Oh yeah, it was it was crazy. I couldn't believe it, but you know, people came out and took advantage of it. Well, so we're still some of them
1: deals at stores. Everybody is ready. They want to get out, they want to play. When I was introducing people at the seminars, I'd say, "Hey, is everybody really appreciative of the rain they were cheering?" They're so anxious to get back outside. Timing was perfect for the yep. ISC. It gets us all ready and revved up. Now we can run down to our favorite stores, Fisherman's Warehouse, load up on everything you need, and talk with Alan when you get down there. He'll make sure you get the right toys. But more importantly, make sure you get, become a subscriber to Alan Fong Outdoors on the YouTube channel. All you got to do is click subscribe, and it doesn't cost you a thing. It's all free, just pops up right there on your YouTube stuff. And you can watch him. He shows up on you tell him when you show up, because you're changing stuff on me nowadays. Tell him
11: yeah, we're
10: changing You know, we're gonna get back on track real quick here. And um, you know, Mondays are gonna be the teaching video, and Thursdays I'll be doing the report. And on Saturday I'm with you. So, you know, I'm on there quite a bit. Well, so we and we
1: appreciate you being here. We're looking forward to you being here live in the studio next week on the first weekend of the month, my
10: friend. Yeah, don't remind me.
1: alan fong warning you to get ready for stripers folks stop by Fisherman's warehouse or any of your favorite places and make sure you've got a handful of everything you need and if he didn't give you the hint of a lifetime make sure you got a tight set up a rig before you head out on the water alan thanks for hooking up with us it's always a pleasure to have you here my friend all right talk to you later you have no choice thank you much we appreciate you Hey, let's get hooked up with another friend of mine that decided he wasn't coming to the studio today. Let's see if he's on the phone or just playing games with us. Good morning, Mr. Brown.
12: Good morning,
1: Seth. Uh, sounds like the wheels are coming off
12: in there without me there.
1: Uh, without you here, there'd be no one to criticize me.
12: No, no. Well, Maryland, but Oh, know, yeah. She, she's, si- she's cautious.
1: She's within reach, as a matter of fact. She's sitting in the room with me this morning. And you know what, Kent? Uh, you're not. Tell our listeners where you're hiding today in the thriving metropolis of...
12: I didn't have enough boat show, uh, activity last weekend at the ISC show. So I am in Boise, Idaho at the Boise boat show. Uh, and, uh, you know, just covering a little bit of, uh, overlap, uh, in my real job. So we had three boat, show, four, actually four boat shows in the Pacific Northwest, all on the same weekend. Um, so we all split it up and, uh, one of the reps is up in Spokane and, I'm here in Boise, and one's in Denver, and some folks in Seattle. So we're just uh, getting it covered. But I'll be back home uh, tonight, thanks to uh, Alaska Airlines, and uh, back up at Lakeport at Clear Lake tomorrow afternoon to give away uh, those two ranger boats at the New Gen Championship. So there's, if you've seen a lot of bass boats on I-5 this week and this weekend, there's over like 230 boats fishing between Clear Lake and Lake Shasta.
1: Well, they're moving. Believe me, they're going up and down the freeways, and I'm sure that they're going to have some pretty good fishing once they get there and get set up for everything. I watched uh, Ross England's video on Clear Lake yesterday, and boy, is he smiling from ear to ear.
12: It was really nice. I was up there Wednesday, uh, up in Lakeport Wednesday, and uh, and uh, had to deliver a trolling motor and try to, uh, try to fix my buddy Wally's boat, but um, it was just great to see Clear Lake with you know, water where it looked like Clear Lake. You know, it wasn't just low. It's up in the the toolies and the and the the docks and the canals, and it, it's just great to see the lake in such great shape.
1: Well, it's gonna. There's more coming, and I'm sure it's gonna fill up even more. That's another one of those drainage areas like Berriessa that has a lot of sources of water coming into it.
12: Yeah, it uh, it uh, it's a little bit limited, but but it definitely has some good sources that are gonna you know continue to flow into the lake and. Uh, you know it's you know we talk about lakes like you know Shasta Orville coming up a hundred hundred and fifty feet. well you know Clear Lake's the largest natural lake in California so it it came up six feet and uh, and that's huge because, it you know it really operates on about a nine foot window between you know zero and flood stage
1: yeah, it's kind of like Eagle Lake, you know three feet makes a big difference up there because it's a yeah. it's the second largest natural lake in California. it really fluctuates sometimes there was a big drought years ago and they said oh it'll take seven years to fill the lake it took seven months
12: yeah yeah sometimes it's seven days if we get the right storm you know so it's uh
1: we had one of those come through i think we'll probably see one more of those hopefully
12: yeah, no, it's uh it's really good. And and uh, so that's what we're doing, man. We're uh we're just uh we're just running, you know. We're just it's it's uh, it's boat show time. This is not going to be the last weekend. You're going to be in there by yourself for the next
1: couple of months. Oh, well, somehow I'll survive. The thing I'm more concerned about is you surviving. I remember when Marilyn and I did six or seven shows a year. This is your second and you got more and you're running back to take care of the boat deal out at the New Gen thing. You're a busy boy lately.
12: Yeah, no, there's no time to stop and I love everybody going, You get a chance to fish?
1: Yeah, Not right. yet, but it's co- but it's coming. No, you got it's your boat. Coming. You got your boat. Yeah.
12: My boat's in the garage. It's ready to go. So we'll uh yeah, we're we're definitely gonna be on the water uh and doing some stuff on the water this year. But uh yeah, this time of year, Seth, it's just uh it's just time to, uh, time to put new boats in people's garages.
1: All right, well, we're going to jump into a new segment here right now, and I'll be checking back with you right after the top of the hour when we bring our friends uh, Brian Lang, the owner of the ISC, and John Kirk on the air with us.
12: Sounds good. Just put me back on hold.
1: Yeah, like I know how to do that. Handle it, Nate. We're taking a quick break.
5: Since 1952, Scotty has been recognized for product excellence, and their entire line of downriggers and accessories is unmatched in performance and dependability. With full-size and compact models available for both freshwater and saltwater, Scotty has downrigger for every on-the-water need. Scotty Downriggers, isn't it time you joined the Scotty team?
4: For boaters who settle for nothing but the best, go boldly with Mercury. Lowrance is the leader in marine electronics, design, and manufacturing. And their new HDS Live Series with active imaging and GPS mapping products are cutting-edge technology. They're easy to use and are backed by a comprehensive advantage service program. The new Live Series with active imaging and 3-in-1 sonar combines Lowrance Chirp with side-scan and down-scan imaging, allowing anglers to quickly search fish-holding structures and enhances fish reveal with a higher level of clarity and target separation. Lowrance products provide sportsmen with the ultimate in high-performance features, at competitive pricing clearer views less clutter more targets incredible shallow and deep water performance
0: lawrence has it all
4: check out the new hds live with touchscreen display and the entire line of marine electronics at your favorite dealer or on the web at lawrence.com lawrence is the perfect locator for you now here's
0: USAFishing.com's mike ogney with our saltwater bay and coastal report
1: good morning mr ogney Hey, good morning, Seth. How are you? If I got any better, I'd be at another sports show in Boise, Idaho with yeah, Kim Idaho. Brown. <laughs> mm, can you imagine having to go to Boise and then turn around and race back to Clear Lake to give away a couple I, I of boots? I
7: love Boise. At least he's flying back and not uh, not driving back. That is a pretty drive through the high desert of Oregon and... And Nevada it really is a gorgeous. Oh yeah, area. there's it's nothing like the looking. Period.
1: There's nothing like looking at mesquite and sand for four, five, six hours. Yeah, you're oh, right. You have
7: the sagebrush, and you got the you got the wild horses, uh, the pronghorn antelope. There's some there's some neat things to see up
3: there. But all's, anyways, all
1: I see I when I'm so. driving stuff like that is dead bugs on the windshield.
7: <laughs> well, out on the coast, you're not going to see a lot. A lot of commercial boats right now on the coast not many sport guys out i was out at uh, bodega harbor on uh, on uh, wednesday checking out uh jeff and kim's boat my pass boat the, the the real magic uh they were up in the uh, valley so they asked me to come down and check things out for them and uh, harbor was beautiful and uh the, the crabs you know it's getting that time of year where it's february and they're going to start clutching and The life cycle of a crab, a lot of people don't know it, but when the crabs start to clutch, basically the mature crabs only molt once a year. Younger crabs molt multiple times every year, but as crabs mature and get larger, they they molt less. So just before the females molt, they go into this spawn mode. It's called the clutch, and the male will gather up that female just before she's going to molt, and just he embraces her in all of his legs, and and protects her and she goes through that molt and they're always you know full of eggs at that time and it's they're very vulnerable and it takes up to a week sometimes even more for the clutch to happen so we'll see a little dip down in the in in the uh, in in the actual counts uh, when all the crabs in a general area are going into that clutch and then in the springtime as they come out another month or six weeks from now we'll see a little uptick so Right now we're you know, we're at that time of year where yeah, you could get out maybe uh jump on with uh with Rick Powers or or Jeff and Kim on the Real Magic and do a, a dab and, and crab truck. But it's gonna get better. Come April, May, we're gonna see better weather, better numbers of, of, of crabs, and May fifteenth the uh that deep water rock cod fishery will be opening up, which is just gonna be it's gonna be really interesting to watch to see how it all pans out. I wanna see the spots that ricky is going back to because you know that guy has a he has he has high spots back from the 1970s and uh he's going to be out there searching over some some old grounds that i know that he has you know he'll look at you straight in the eye and tell you <laughs> i don't know where i'm careful going, but, careful yeah. now he's
1: sitting online too listening to every word you say <laughs> oh,
7: well, well sorry ricky but no, he'll look at you straight and I go, oh, I don't have a game plan today. That guy with 45-plus years on the wire, trust me, he has a game plan written up in his head the night before. And uh, and he always catches, always catches.
1: I think he's 100% limits this year for everybody that was on board with him. So, uh Things, uh, if you know what you're doing, it makes it a lot easier task out there. Well, this is normally the time that most of everybody's out of action doing a lot of boat work. I think Rick had a lot of things going on on his boat, too. There's a lot of things to do to maintain these things, and this lull in the action period that we're going through right now is usually when everybody's gutting them in, getting them into the yards, getting uh, stuff fixed and replaced.
7: Yeah, people don't understand that. That be, You know, uh, you know making making money in a party boat is really really simple it's like keeping it in your pockets what's tough because you make money all summer and fall you turn around you go to the boatyard and you empty your pockets there and you start over again it's just it's just
3: well one
1: and, big and that's cycle. what's that's actually what's happening we start over again and that's the next question we don't have much time so let's get this out really quick when salmon is going to open up when are we going to have an idea and what are the limits going to be I mean, there's a lot going on, a lot that we don't have answers to yet, and it's not far down the line.
7: Yeah, you know, everybody's been, been talking about it. I'm really lucky to sit on the on the Golden uh, State Salmon Association board, and we have a couple of board members that sit on the council, and I'm taking their minds all the time. Mark Gorling is just, I mean, he's really an advocate for our fisheries. He's hoping that we salvage a, a decent season out of these low numbers that we've been seeing, uh, return, but we didn't, we didn't hit anywhere near escapement. And the salmon information meeting will be held. I believe it's going to be uh, very late February. I'm not even sure. And that will give us the three options. And we'll start to get a little bit of a feel there about what's going to play out and how many fish we'll be able to harvest out on the coast. And, um, until that information comes out, they're not going to be releasing it. And uh, we used to be able to get early indicators, but it's, it's much harder now. Um, the process is really secure, and they really rely on, on, on the science. And uh, we're hopeful that we can get a few months on the water and get in some really good fishing because ocean conditions are just incredible. When you look at the feed, any fish you catch out there is going to be fat and healthy.
1: Well, that's exactly what we want, and there's plenty of bait, and hopefully more will be coming our way. We had a great bait year last year. Hopefully we'll see that happening all over again. Mike Ogney, we appreciate you joining us, but you know how it works. we got to bail out of here right now. We look forward to finding out about the seasons and the numbers and all those wonderful things. And I guess we'll just have to wait
7: just like you do. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it.
1: All right. Thank you, Michael. You have a good one, and thanks for hooking up with us today. You know, folks, uh, Kent Brown's not in the studio, but in a few minutes he's going to be joining us. In addition to Brian Lang, the president of the International Sportsman's Expo, and John Kirk, the director of communications, right after this quick break. Stick around, you're going to get hooked. It's not over yet. Stick around for more fishing, hunting, and outdoor action in the second hour of the award-winning
7: California Sportsman with Zepp Hendrickson. Coming up next
13: Fisherman's Warehouse and Lorance Electronics, providing sportsmen with the ultimate high performance fish finding features and the best possible pricing. Check out the new Lowrance Live and the full line of Lowrance products at your favorite Fisherman's Warehouse location.
0: Check them out on the web at quailpoint.com. Now, here's owner David Martin. Good morning, sportsmen. Quail Point's bird season is
7: underway. We're planting pheasants, quail, and chucker Wednesday through Sunday from 8 to 3 through March. Come out and do some day shoots or purchase a bird card. Quail Point's a great place to bring the family. If you have young kids not ready to carry a shotgun, have them bring their BB gun and walk the field with you. It's a great way to work on gun safety, and it's way more fun than just walking. Take a break off and on, let them get some shots in, carry some birds in their vest, and get in on the action. If you have any questions, check out QuailPoint.com or give us a call at 530-735-6217.
0: Head and stripers, too. Check out eurekafishing.net or call Tony Sepulveda now at 707 845 9588.
5: And now, more California sportsmen with Seth Hendrickson.
1: Hey, we're back in studio right now. Are you bringing up Mr. Brown for me now? Are you with me, Mr. Brown?
12: I am with you, Seth, and uh, and what a great ISC show we had last uh, last week.
1: You know, you and I talked about it afterwards and during it. Uh, it was spectacular to have the level of excitement so high from those people just being able to get out and talk about the outdoors and be in the outdoors by attending that show.
12: Yeah, no, it was. And, you know, I mean, yeah, we, we definitely heard people say, well, it's not as big as it used to be, or, well, there's not... It, it's not. You're right. We're everything's everything's station. different.
1: You said it real yeah. well on your show this morning. You know that was before COVID. It was, and
12: that was January 2020 when we, you know, when that was a sold out show. You couldn't get a booth if you wanted one. And uh, and and obviously, uh, you know, the world changed that year, and and we're still rebuilding and we're recovering. And uh, a lot of our our friends in the industry step just flat uh, had to go out and find different jobs.
1: Well, they certainly did. And joining us right now is the guy that puts all of this in the can and brings it to Sacramento after they were in Denver and before they go to their next show in Salt Lake City is the owner of the International Sportsman's Exposition, Mr. Brian Lang, joins us live. Good morning, Brian.
14: Hey, good morning, guys. How are you?
1: Absolutely great. What an outstanding show. You guys are in a rebuilding process. It's going to pack that Cal Expo over and over again.
14: Yes, and I want to thank you and Kent for all you do for the show, for the great lineup of uh, speakers and outdoor experts, and it's just wonderful. It was a um, big reunion of all of us who have been cooped up for a couple of years. But thanks again to uh, you and our sponsors, Big O Tires and Toyota and O'Reilly, and it was great. It was great to see everybody come back and uh, enjoy not only the – experts that are speaking but also enjoy meeting each other who they hadn't seen for a couple of years so like many reunion.
1: so many people just stopping in the middle of the aisles talking you know they haven't seen each other for a long time hunting buddies fishing buddies that haven't been together it 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 was like a reunion of a high school because everybody that went to outdoors yeah. high school was there there's no question about the need for it in fact you were, you were standing right there when I introduced the first seminar speaker, Jay Lopes, on the opening day. You and your wife were standing next to the area, and I said, how many of you are thrilled with the rain and the weather and everything? They were cheering in there. That's how yeah. anxious they are to get out, and that's why the timing of the International Sportsman's Expo showing opportunities that exist locally, regionally, and across the world give people that hope that they'll be able to get out there and have a wonderful year in the outdoors too.
14: Yeah, and it was also great. And I think uh, you're, you and uh, Kent helped us with the uh, youth outdoor fair because I love seeing kids come back and catch a fish. And we were able to do that at, at a good uh, pace and um, families came. There were lots and lots of kids and parents, uh, particularly on the weekend, of course, but it was fun to see that because that's our future
1: absolutely you know kent was telling a great story just last week about one of the kids that he helped fish at the san mateo show many years ago kent bryant smith
12: yeah bryant smith who uh will be our only california representative on the bassmaster elite series this year and he's uh he's getting ready to head out to lake okeechobee in florida but but many many years ago he was about 10 years old and uh Uh, We went over and hung out at the youth fair for Bill Carr and Western Outdoor News in San Mateo. And I actually uh, fished with Bryant on the trout pond. And and, uh, he's uh, he's absolutely one of the best fishermen we have in the game right now.
1: Well, I can't believe you turned a trout fisherman into a bass fisherman, but I guess I'll have to allow it. He is a professional. (laughs) You You know,
12: Sepp, if I get access to them young, I can make sure that they don't stray off into the deep end.
1: Well, you're probably right there. <laughs> well, Brian, you're, you had a very successful show in Denver already right on the heels with that. You arrived here in Sacramento and set up with like two days break between shows yeah. and boom, at least you have a break now between here and Salt Lake city where that is a wonderful show that takes place back there. I've been there a couple of times. Yeah,
14: it's lots of fun there. And it's a, a big, um, uh, outdoor, uh, constituency, uh, and it's, Obviously different than Northern California, but we love that show. Uh, I do also want to uh, congratulate uh, the State Fair. Cal Expo did a great job. They got hit hard with the uh, storms. Lots of trees down. There was puddles and major um, mud everywhere, but they cleaned it up fast, and we're really uh, glad. We've been there 37 years now, and um, it's been a great show. It's grown and grown, and we'll be back. To a larger uh, show next year, but um, we're grateful for having that venue. It's just uh, world class. Well, I think Kent
1: and I would probably like to thank the International sportsman's Expo for continuing and to rebuild the International sportsman's Expo for the Northern California audience that uh, depends and looks forward to your show every single year.
12: Well, you know, oh, Seth I've, uh, I've been I've been I've been thirty five of those thirty seven years, Sepp. Uh, consecutive as a speaker at sacramento so uh, we better have 36 and and uh, and be back next january ready to go
1: i have a sneaking suspicion that mr lang and his crew will be doing it all over again especially with the success that they must have experienced this year i imagine you have you already have your dates reserved yep I basically
14: the same weekend next year and uh we'll be uh we'll be back and looking forward to it and thank you again for all the rain we glad, we were glad we missed it. <laughs> we're glad it's <laughs> up in the mountains now, ready for uh, great fishing and hunting and outdoor uh, celebration. All right. Well, Brian, I appreciate you hooking up with us today.
1: We certainly uh, want to thank you for being with us. And we will talk to you again very soon as we get ready to set up everything else. Thanks, Seth. Thank you very much. Now let's bring up the uh, Director of Communications for the International Sportsman's Expo, mr. John Kirk joins us right now. Good morning John Hey guys good to be here. What didn't we cover I think we covered a whole bunch there.
15: You guys did I mean Brian did a great job and uh, um, I, I mean I would just say that uh, um, that it was <clears throat> um, it means a lot to us to to have that show and to have people express their uh, love of excuse me their love of the outdoors and um, we know uh, like Kent said in the beginning that the show isn't as big as it was pre-COVID but um, having people come to the show enjoy it tell their friends buy stuff from our exhibitors all of that impacts positively next year And uh, that will make it easier for our sales guys to bring in people who may not have come back because they didn't know. And it will bring more people to the show next year to enjoy what we have because we'll be able to tell them that we have more. And uh, it really is. It's an amazing team effort that that goes through time. Um, You know, like Kent said, it's 35 years for him, 37 for us. And uh, we're all connected by the outdoors. And it's a powerful connection, one that's always there. And uh, fortunately this year, the weather, the weather um, worked with us to to make one of those events that everyone will remember and say, Hey, you know, it's back. And after COVID, we, you know, you never, you don't know, you don't know if you can come back. You don't know if it's going to be there. And like Ken said, again, a lot of the folks who are in the industry had to find other jobs and, um, but the industry has, has come back, too, and new people are in it, and that's good because it will refresh what we have, and it will mean new offerings and new boosts for people to see and new adventures. And, um, you know, with your help, we'll we'll do it all again, and, and it will be better even next time.
1: Well, I don't think Kent Brown and I would have any suggestions for you to do a better job. Well, yeah. yeah i would a bigger speaker in the california sportsman's theater other than that i think you guys got it wired kent it was a great show no question about it and i did not hear anybody complaining about their booths or the traffic because it was packed at times
12: it was and there's folks that are uh, waiting on getting their new boats gone fishing and a lot of the other dealers and uh you know new fish finders like you heard alan talk about lots of new rods and reels were sold so I think everybody's uh, loading up their tackle boxes and uh, and taking all the stuff that they picked up at the ISC show, and getting ready to uh, put it to use. So, all
1: right. Well, I appreciate uh, Kent you joining us as well as Mr. Kirk. Congratulations on a very successful show, and you know we'll have you on in preparation for the next year's big events too.
12: Well, hey, while you two take the rest of the weekend, what you two take the rest of the weekend off, Seth, uh, I'm going to go do a boat show today, okay? Hey,
1: why don't you give away a couple of boats tomorrow at Clear Lake, too? <laughs> yeah, and I'll, I'll
12: be back for Clear Lake uh, tomorrow. So we'll, all right. uh, we'll, we'll be busy.
1: All right, guys. Have a great time. Stay safe. And, John, we will be talking to you soon. You can bet on it. Thank you, Seth. All right. Thank you all. Great show at the ISE. We all really appreciate. What a wonderful show that ended up being for all of us. Hey, it's about time for Gun Owners of California. This is when I'm supposed to have Kent read this. Are you with me, Kent? I dumped him, didn't I? All right, I'll take care of it. Hey, if you think California state legislator and the governor are going to abide by all the strict rulings of the United States Supreme Court, well, they're trying to stall. They're trying to avoid a lot of stuff. But I'll guarantee you they'll go along with the Supreme Court when it comes down to the bottom of everything. And the gun owners of California obviously need your financial support. And that's why they have this great 52 guns in 52 weeks contest. They have 100 tickets left right now. You can buy a ticket for $50 and have 52 chances. Well, you don't. You got 48 chances left. 48 chances to win all year long. Every every Friday they draw a lucky winner. Every Saturday morning we announce it. So here's our winner for the 52 guns and 52 weeks raffle this week. Winner number 4. I'm scooting over Angel Cuevas of Yuba City. Boy, there's been willows, Yuba City. they got to get closer to Vacaville. Congratulations. You just won a TriStar over and under shotgun in 12-gauge. And the staff at GOC will be giving you a call next week to make your arrangements so that you can pick up your gun for 2023. All of the guns will be coming from Shooter's Pro Shop in Roseville and guns, fishing, and other stuff in Vacaville, making it easy for you to pick up. If you can, give them a shout. Buy yourself a couple of more tickets. Check them out on the web at gunownersca.com. You can order the tickets right there. Congratulations to the lucky winner. We'll be right back after this.
13: for it. Yeah, fish man. with the best. Captain Steve Mitchell of Hooked Up Sport Fishing. Call and book your trips at 707 655 6736 Or check the website at hookedupsportfishing.com. Isn't it time you got hooked up? If you spend more time telling the one that got away stories instead of showing off giant fish pictures, get to Fisherman's Warehouse and grab some gamakatsu hooks. Gamakatsu has hundreds of hooks for every technique, and Fisherman's Warehouse has the full selection. Change to the world's sharpest hooks from gamakatsu, improve your fish catching, and end the lost fish stories. Fisherman's Warehouse in Sacramento, Manteca, and Fairfield all carry a full selection of gamakatsu hooks for every fishing application. Stop in today or shop online at Fisherman'sWarehouse.com.
0: is pay attention and then go fishing.
1: And joining us in the Pure Fishing Pro Staff Tip of the Week is the man himself, the director of Penn Fishing University's Mr. Steve Carson, our very
11: own Senior Tuna. Good morning, Tuna. Good morning, Seth. Hey. And I wanted to make an announcement. I had to wait till I got back from the ISE show. By the way, I had a huge amount of fun. I bet. That was the most, most fun I've had in... I don't know how many years at that show. Uh, I was so busy. However, I have one complaint: I never got to eat lunch a single day. That's how busy I was.
1: That's a damn shame because it was busy. It was packed at times. My knee needs to blow out. It is. It was hurting so bad on day three walking around in that show. You had to. You had to dance to get down the aisles.
11: Hey, Kent. Kent, if his leg has gone bad, does that mean that we have to put him down?
1: You know, no, you don't. And I put Kent down. Kent's done for the morning. I let him go back to sleep before oh. he has to go to the boat show this morning.
11: Oh, okay. Well, okay. Well, I wanted to make an announcement because I I had to wait till I got home to to set this date up. And of course, uh, we know that the that the the fishing dates out of San Diego do not last long. But we set up a three day trip. That's almost short enough for you by about. It's still about two and a half days too long. Yeah, but that's true. We set up a a three-day trip on board the pacifica with captain andrew viola out of seaforth landing in san diego and that's going to be september 4th through september 7th uh 22 passengers and uh you know we may fish in mexican waters we may fish in california waters obviously this far out we really have no idea where we're going to go but we're going to go somewhere and uh since that's over labor day weekend um that's very traditionally one of the best times of the year for saltwater fish off San Diego, whether it be bluefin tuna, yellowfin tuna. Uh, last year it was dorado. Um, it's just you know always a really really good trip. So I want to let people know, get a hold of the folks at Seaforth Sport Fishing, and uh, make a reservation for that that three day pen trip on September fourth through seventh.
1: Have you got so all the contact? Great. Have you got all the contact numbers?
11: Uh, I, I, I don't, uh, but wait a minute, let's see. See, it's C4 Sport Fishing. everybody knows where they are, and, uh, but the contact number for C4 is, come on, uh, well, see, the computer always goes slow, and you really, really need it to go fast, so any, anyway, C4 Sport Fishing on Mission Bay in San Diego, ah, there it is, 619-224-3383. 3383 That's
1: correct. Folks, if you want to get on board, you better call today because this thing is going to load up. Steve Carson, director of Penn Fishing University, is putting together a Penn Fishing University in September, and there's that many spots available. I think you would better seize the opportunity, folks.
11: Exactly. And, um, you know, like I say, that is – it's hard to pinpoint with fishing exactly when the fishing is going to be best. But if you go over like the last 50 years – um that, that early September period is prime, prime time for tuna fishing off San Diego. So it's it's fishing, so you never really know, but um, it's as good a choice as I could possibly make.
1: Well, I'm sure it'll be a blast, and I'm sure it'll be a great trip. Did you ever get an opportunity to talk about anything except what you had in that milk can box at the end of your table?
11: No. no. I,
1: I didn't think so.
11: It, it, it was uh, non-milk can milk crate. Crate, whatever. it Milk crate, a.k.a. rocket launchers is sort of the slang term for them. And how yeah, many did how many you have
1: it, in there? Was there 12 or 16 rods in that box?
11: Well, no, what I had was I had the five essential San Diego rod and reel combos, um, which are a little bit different. Then now, we now have a three essential Northern California tuna combos. So I had a total of eight. And, um, and again, think of fishing rods like golf clubs. So it doesn't matter how good of a putter you have when you need a driver. And, again, even though Kent's gone, how many rods does Kent go out with on any given day to go fishing for a fish that might, if he's really lucky, weigh 5 or 6 pounds?
1: That's right. He probably takes 15 with him, I would imagine.
11: So you're talking about tuna that might weigh 15 pounds, and they might weigh 315 pounds. And they might be right on the surface, and they might be four hundred feet down, and you don't know till you get out there. And it changes in the middle of the day, so you really can't just go out there with one rod for tuna. You you can't do it.
3: What were some? I had
11: th- I had again the three NorCal, which believe it or not, the ones in NorCal are heavier because in NorCal it's primarily at least for now primarily trolling. But of course, James Smith with the beautiful new California Dawn Two, he may have already been on on the show earlier than me he's going to go out and try a few nighttime jigging trips just like they do in san diego if he can figure that that out in northern california it'll be katie bar the door um because it's just been obviously totally unexploited forever and we now know due to tagging studies that it's not a freak it's not an el nino it's not a global warming the bluefin tuna have always Migrated to Northern California. We just haven't, we either haven't fished for them at all, or we fished for them wrong. And finally, the last couple of years, we've sort of figured it out. And there's been some, as you well know, some simply outstanding catches made from Monterey all the way up to Fort Bragg and even into Oregon. So tuna fishing, it's on the menu. Get ready to do it.
1: Well, I I was shocked every time I come over there to talk to you or to Randy Pringle working the booth. I'd have to stand there and wait for these guys to go through all their questions. And I'm not going to break you away from a customer, that's for sure. But, you know, your conversations talked about the rods, it talked about the reels, and inevitably it would end up being line. What kind of line are you professing for all of these things?
11: Well, there's obviously a lot of room for personal preference. And what I like to say is if you want to start a fight in a fisherman's bar, All you got to do is go in and say X is the best length top shot, and somebody will want to fight about it, no matter what you say. But basically you're filling your reel up about three-quarters of the way or more with super braid line, um, and then you leave enough room on top for a top shot, that's why they call it that, of monofilament. Uh, My personal ones can be as short as 10 or 15 feet. Typically I use 25 yards. And on the loaners that I hand out to people on my, on my pent Fishing University trips, they generally have 50 yards of monofilament on top, and that is for stretch so you don't rip the hook out of the fish's mouth. Uh, it also casts a little easier than the braid, it's a, and it's a little bit more abrasion-resistant, so if the fish rubs you on the bottom of the boat or you get tangled up with, with your pal that's right next to you, um, the monofilament holds up to that a little bit le- uh, better. But the braid is so much thinner... That allows you in a reel that used to hold 300 yards of line, which when you're tuna fishing, 300 yards of line may not be enough. Right. Um, you've just suddenly doubled the capacity of your reel, and although 600 yards may also not be enough, it's a lot better than uh, than than uh, running out of line on even a medium-sized fish. So, so basically, I like to fill the, the reel up about three quarters to seven eighths with braid of the relevant pound test and then about 25 to 50 yards of top shot, and I like the braid to be one bump heavier than the top shot. So if your top shot's going to be 40-pound monofilament, then I like 50-pound braid. Your top shot's going to be 80-pound monofilament, 100-pound braid, and so on. Hey, You get the
1: idea, uh, folks. You just don't tie on a hook and put on a bait and throw it over the side of the boat. You don't. Everything has to be done correctly to get that fish to the boat. Your fight has to be perfect. Your gear has to be perfect. You've got to have great knots. Everything's got to hold up. And, of course, non-abrasive line. If you've got any abrasions in it, you need to replace it, but not even send a bait back out on it, right?
11: Exactly. And now's the time. And I always ask people um, specifically about monofilament, their top shot, is that fresh? And uh, more often than I like to even admit, people will say, yeah, I just put it on last year.
3: Yeah. I
1: know. And I'm, that, you know, I'm Tom,
11: that. That's a rim shot.
1: I'm that guy um, too. Every now and then,
11: <laughs> fresh means you put it on last week or last night. Um, last night, yeah. Or, yeah be last night's even better. Or even better, you brought the spool of line on the boat, and the deckhand helped you tie the knot, and you ju- and you put it on the night before the boat left.
3: Absolutely. So yeah,
11: uh, it it's so crucial with any kind of fishing, but especially tuna because they're so strong and so fast. And let's face it, you commit a lot of time and a lot of money and a lot of hopes and dreams to your tuna fishing trip. The one thing that holds on to the tuna or any other fish is the line. So make sure that it's fresh, not, you know, not uh, tangled up, not worn out. And, uh, you know, even sitting in the sunshine when you're catching nothing, if you go out a couple of trips and get skunked, um, you may want to still replace your line. So. Folks, that's, a, that's such a key thing.
1: Folks, if you'd like to get on board that trip with Steve, nine September 4th through 7th, and all you got to do is a three-day trip. All you have to do is call 619-224-3383 and get yourself booked. Ask questions, do whatever, but at, tell them you want to be on Steve Carson's Penn Fishing University trip on September 4th through 7th. Six one nine.
10: the
11: Pacifica from C4 Sport Fishing in San Diego on Mission Bay.
1: 619-224-3383. Let's fill that boat for tuning right away. Steve, thanks for hooking up with us. We always appreciate you, my friend, and thanks for filling in for me at the show while I was hiding.
11: Uh, well, I'm, uh, we, we won't put you down this year, but, you know, you got to watch that leg.
1: It's going to be worse next year, bud. Count on it.
3: Steve, All right. Steve Carson,
1: our own Senior Tuna, we appreciate you. Take care, my friend. Wow. You know, it was a great show. I'm still stunned by the attendance and as many people that were out there. Let's head someplace else. Let's go fishing because this guy hopefully will be fishing today if it's not too windy. Let's head to Pyramid Lake and climb on board with one of the best in the West, Captain J.D. Ritchie. Good morning, J.D. Hey, what happened to your sidekick? My sidekick is in Boise, Idaho. Maybe you'd like to scoot up there real quick and check in with him. You're not, what, six hours away, maybe?
3: <laughs>
16: yeah. Well, it's uh, probably colder there today. We've actually uh, uh, got some pretty decent weather out here. It's the warmest day on Pyramid, seems like, in forever. And it's flat calm. I shouldn't say that too loud. No, oh, you God.
1: shouldn't say that at all to me. It just makes me shake.
16: <laughs> <laughs> I know. Uh yeah so it's looking good um fishing has been pretty solid it's last week it got cold i guess we're gonna get cold again but um we had 41 degree water and we kind of they don't bite so good in that obviously so we we moved around found some 44 45 and and that's kind of the key right now is you just got to bounce around and make sure you get into a little warmer water but uh yeah, we've been getting some nice fish up to 15 pounds, and uh, it's beautiful out. There's snow-capped peaks, and, you know, it's just its
1: all good. There's a lot of familiar sounds going on around you. I know you're <laughs> working on the boat, getting everything loaded in there, or you've got the trailer and you're throwing everything into the boat. Which is it? Uh, well, a little both. I'm, uh,
16: I'm just loading the boat up, getting ready to go meet the guys. We don't meet until 8 o'clock this time of year. My which
1: is... kind of fishing.
16: Yeah, well, you know, it's, there's no point. Everybody wants to. You know, you see all these guys run out at oh dark thirty, and all they're going to do is freeze their you know what's off. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and the bite doesn't get better till later, so it's the old uh, tortoise in the hair, I guess.
1: <laughs> has Has the uh, shoreline troll started yet? Are people going crazy as they leave the marina, looking into the water, seeing fifteen to twenty, maybe even bigger pound fish swimming right around their boat?
5: No, that
16: that part over by the boat ramp. That's a little bit later. That'll be uh, probably late February when those big spawners come, come back towards the ramp. But yeah. the fish are on the shores, though. The, the fly guys are doing pretty well uh, standing on the ladders. And so uh, we kept a fish the other day, which I don't do a whole lot here, but uh, guys wanted to take one home, and it, it uh, was full of eggs. So the spawn is definitely you know moving Moving forward. So, well,
1: they do um, such a great job at the hatchery there creating this world class cutthroat trout fishery. I mean, it's that's got to be a legendary place right now. There's no question people got to be coming from foreign countries just to fish there.
16: Oh, absolutely. We get calls for, you know, I had a call from North Carolina last week, a call from uh, New York, and uh, which was interesting. Uh, New Yorkers have a. That was a funny way of chatting but uh, <laughs> uh but it's it's really because cool I, I love you know, it's just it's kinda of the same thing with Tahoe in the summer. I I just get to talk to people from you know, outside my normal zone. So it's it's always fun to meet people from you know, different places and cultures and all that. But uh yeah, you're right. The it I, again I kinda reckon back to Huh. Maybe the state of California should come over here and uh, uh, check out the hatchery program and, I don't know, write a few notes down, if you know what I mean. <laughs> well, they, they
1: they do a great job of it, and, you know, they struggled for years, too, out there. I remember the years. You'd be lucky to get a couple of 19-inchers out of the lake. Yeah, yeah. An eight-pounder was uh, a, monster, a monster back then, yeah. And uh, <laughs> look what they've done since they redid the hatchery, created an alternate spawning area, too. It's just got it all. And you're sitting yeah. in the middle of it. You know what? A lot of people don't know about is how much it costs you to be able to get a guide's permit on that lake. Why don't yeah, you go I, ahead and scare the hell out of every guide in California?
16: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, it can change every year. It went well in one year, a couple of years ago, and from sixteen hundred to seventy-five hundred a season. Um, and then seven thousand
1: five hundred dollars for a permit for a guide to fish Pyramid, folks. Yeah.
16: Well, you know, and. I don't mind. I mean, would I rather not pay it? Yes, of course. But you know, you have something to show for it here. You go, okay. That's uh, you know, that money's going at least in part to uh, help me create this amazing fishery.
1: Well, that's to trip over myself. Um, yeah. <laughs> He's so, in a hurry in the boat today. You can imagine, folks. <laughs> no,
16: we're we're good. I'm just I'm right. just doing my chores and obviously not walking in. Chewing gum very well. Jigging, right now, but, jigging uh, or
1: trolling going to be
16: your pleasure today? Uh, you know, it kind of depends on conditions. And and I, you know, always sit down with the guys and see what they want to do. But I, I'm going to guess we're going to start off trolling and then kind of just go from there. But, uh, uh, you know, this place, like I always said, this makes you earn it. And, and you just don't ever really feel comfortable with – You know, i got a plan today, and then it goes, ah, no, your plan's different, buddy, because the wind's coming out of this direction or, you know, whatever. Yeah,
1: well, you're not in charge. Mother Nature's in charge of the whole damn thing, and you well know that as well as anybody. Well, J.D., give them all the hookup information they can need and possibly some of the websites so they can see some of the photos and everything coming. they got to get out there and enjoy this trophy fishery.
16: Oh, it's it's truly world class. You know, everybody's calling – uh, that lake down in Argentina, Jurassic Lake. Well, I'm, I'm calling this one Jurassic Lake of the North. <laughs> yep. But uh, you can get on my website at thesportfisher.com, and you can always just Google my name. That usually will get you there too. But um, And then you can get a hold of me on the phone at 530-307-9817.
1: Stuff, right? Uh, you know it's authentic, right? Absolutely. You're not splashing water in a toilet, that's for sure. <laughs> no, I'm just
16: dropping stuff on diamond plate and getting ready. But uh, yeah, it's uh, you know I'll be here until uh, May one. That's when my world's most expensive marina
1: lets me back in over at Tahoe. Yeah, yeah we won't yeah, even but... go with that one yet. We'll tell them that one next time.
16: Yeah, but uh, you can fish out here till. Um, it closes at the end of June. It gets pretty hot out here, but just because I'm gone doesn't mean that, you know, the fishing's over. No, it's
1: switch. it's a great place to visit. It, even if you don't want to fish, it's a great place just to sit and admire the wilderness out there because there's stark nothingness all around that lake, and that's cool. JD, really cool. My G- folks, so sorry, folks come over they don't fish at all they just like to come take a boat ride exactly so. it's beautiful if you can tour the lake like we did that day put 57 miles on the boat i think <laughs> yeah that's a tour that's for sure
14: yeah that, that was a tour
1: captain jd uh, Ritchie, folks if you have the opportunity get over to pyramid lake catch one of the world-class cutthroat trout that they've got 530-307-9817 jd thanks for right. hooking up with us we will talk to you again very soon my friend Thanks, Seth. Appreciate it. Thank you. We'll talk to you soon. Hey, where's Marilyn? It's time for Get a Clue.
0: Get a Clue. you can be sure that guns, fishing, and other stuff will have it in stock. And now, here's today's Get a Clue. Hi,
8: this is Marilyn. Hey, something to think about as you travel to various fishing or hunting locations. Choosing the right tow vehicle is as important as choosing the right boat or camping trailer. If you recently bought a new boat or trailer, you really need to know how much your purchase weighs. It might surprise you to find out your current towing vehicle might not be up to the job. Boat manufacturers furnish dry or empty weights, just the hull, without options and the boat trailer probably isn't included. The weight of the engine, accessories, and extras needs to be added, plus about 6 pounds per gallon of gasoline. The same basics apply to trailers. Keep in mind, the total size and weight dictates the size and power needed to be efficient with the tow vehicle. Get a clue, take care of yourself, stay safe and well.
5: Get a clue. And now, more California sportsmen with Seth Hendrickson.
1: Hey, I'm going to take you to Lake Comanche right now. We're going to climb on board with Big Nate's Guide Service. Nate Kells, the owner of that company, and he has been catching fish out there. Good morning, Nate. Hey. Well, Big Nate's is obviously banging them. Tell us about Comanche. Tell them what you did the well, other day and what your plans are for today. I was...
17: I was supposed to call in this morning uh, with you guys, and um, Nate from uh, from your broadcast crew had to uh, had to give me a ring. We were on, so we've uh, we've already got a couple fish in the bag, and we haven't been able to get all the rods out. So that that's that's pretty good start to the morning. Sounds
1: like it might be a little busy day for you. You ended up going fourteen for twenty one on what Thursday or Wednesday, whatever yes, day it yes. was. Yes,
17: yes, we did, and uh, you know we got a. Looks like there's a big bass tournament out here today. They're flying all around us everywhere.
1: Well, that's good for them. They'll stay out of your way. They're going to be fishing the shallows for those damn bass anyway. They're all over
17: the place.
1: Well, Nate, what are you doing to intercept these big trout? They look like a pretty hefty fish out there right now. They
17: are. Uh, There's some real nice fish. We're uh, we're running grubs um, anywhere from uh, like a mile an hour to about 1.3. We're running Rapala's. up to about 2.3 and then we're also running some spoons uh once the sun gets on the water we'll speed it up to three three and a half you know on even on up to four miles an hour and um you know you know i like doing that power trolling Seth. Mm-hmm. you put you're not pulling so. the optimax or the, whatever it's called i can't even no, remember no we're, we're running needlefish and uh, speedy shiners
1: any colors in particular seem to be working better
17: the The darker colors seem to be uh, seem to be the ticket this time of year with uh with the uh, with the color on the water
1: how about the water clarity? what are we looking at
17: um you got a yeah a couple feet uh, a couple feet of visibility um you know it was it was a mess there for a while, but it's it's finally starting to clear and the action's starting to heat up.
1: Well, they must have an active stocking program going on over there because those fish what were they running pound and a half up to two and a half three pounds
17: exactly. oh we every every once in a while we'll run into a to A couple of fives, and we'll get them up over 10 pounds sometimes. So they, they do a real good job out here at this lake. Well,
1: what's your speed and what's your depth when you're hitting these fish?
17: We're 40 to 100 feet um, as, far as, the, as far as the depth of water, and then we're fishing down to about 15, 16 feet uh, down from the surface. So
1: they're pretty close to the top. They're in the top 20 feet of the water. Yeah. Or
17: so. Yeah, the the water's uh, forty five degrees, so that's that's a good surface coolant temp for uh, for trout.
1: You know, this is a very popular lake and recreation area out there. How busy is it on the weekends?
17: It, I mean, today today I know there's a bass tournament, but I mean there's there's a ton of boats and trailers. Generally, we uh, we don't come out on the uh, on the weekends out here just for that reason. But you know, it, it is what it is. When people want to fish on the weekend, we're going to fish.
1: And you got perfect weather, so why the heck not? Exactly right. Might be a little chilly out there. Well, when are you going to get back over to Barriessa?
17: Well, we'll get back on Barriessa towards the end of next week just to go out there and take a look around. Um, I heard that the water is starting to clear a little bit uh, in a couple of areas, so we'll go We'll go see if there's anything going on. And uh, we'll check it once a week from here on out starting next week. So yeah, I, watched where, the,
1: I watched Alan Fong's video the other day. He shot it up there on Tuesday, I believe. And beautiful clear water. I mean, it's not clear, but it's a beautiful green compared to chocolate orange, you know. And
17: well, I like I like beautiful green.
1: Yes, it's got a nice richness to it. There's some obviously nutrient in the water and everything else. I think any place you can find clearer water, you're going to find minnows, bait fish, and the food chain startup. So if any time your folks are out trolling around, look for that clearer water, water that isn't as disturbed or moving through as current and you will probably find a whole bunch of fish, and I know that's what Nate's going to be planning on today.
17: Yeah, you're exactly right.
1: Well, what color of the speedy shiners
17: are you pulling? you pulling the blue and silver or the darker no, ones, red right and gold? Right now, we like uh, the frog pattern is probably number one right now.
1: I don't, I don't even think i pulled one of those in the last couple
17: of years. Yeah, the frog, it's, it's a green. It's like a bleeding frog, green with, like, red dots on it. Right, right. Um, that, that's a really good one. Um, Cop car works really good this time of year out here as well. Perfect.
1: Nate Kels with Big Nate's Guide Service live on Comanche. He's got to get those rods out for his customers. They've already caught a couple out there, and he's obviously going to have a good day. You'll probably end up with at least 20 for sure. That's exactly what you need, isn't it? Nate, give him all the hookup info, the website as well as the phone number.
17: All right. Oh, wait, watch watch one, number one real quick. He yeah, he just bumped it. Hold on all right sorry that's all um, right the that- number the number is uh 916-860-9180 you guys can check me out on facebook and all over social media big nate's guide service um we've got we've got the uh, the books are open for comanche we're also going to start booking trips uh here in the next two weeks for barry starting off for kings kokanee and rainbow trout so uh, the action is going to be heating up the lakes are full of water and let's uh, let's get you out there and put you on some fish
3: Nate,
1: thanks a lot. We appreciate you hooking up with us. Have a good one, my friend. All right. Thank you. All right. You guys know how it works. We'll be right back after this.
13: Diwa has the perfect reel. See the entire lineup from Diwa at all Fisherman's Warehouse mega stores in Sacramento, Manteca, and Fairfield.
0: Don't miss a single show. California Sportsman with Sepp Hendrickson is now broadcasting live streaming audio at seps.com and ultimatebassradio.com and all shows are archived there too. So now you can listen to live or archived shows on the internet or download them to your iPod or MP3 player for listening whenever and wherever you want. Listen to us live on the internet anywhere in the world with our new high definition digital sound california sportsman saturday mornings from six to eight now there's no reason to miss a single show Ready to shop at a well-stocked
4: hunting, fishing, and outdoor store? Guns, fishing, and other stuff in Vacaville has everything you need for the great outdoors. Hunting and fishing gear, guns and ammo, and plenty of camo for you hunters. They're loaded with fishing gear and all the accessories and outdoor apparel for the entire family. And now, here's the guy that hears it all over the counter with General Manager Travis Morgan.
18: Good morning, Seth. How's it going? Well, a lot of interesting stuff coming up here at the store. I was up at ISE on Sunday, as you know. And before that was a shot show, and I was able to talk to a lot of friends and people up there we know and I've got a lot of them talked into coming down and doing seminars here at the store. There'll be a seminar going once a month in Vacville and once a month in Dublin, and there'll be a variety of them anywhere from fishing to hunting to reloading to basic uh camping skills, a little bit of everything this time now that Covid's gone, we're gonna get back into the swing of things have having our seminars. The first ones we got coming up are a couple seminars with uh, P Line. They'll be in February. They're on the uh, f- our Facebook as well as on the um, website. And they'll be, like I said, once a month. And they'll start at 6 o'clock and go to about 7, 8 o'clock. And then in March, I got a turkey hunting guide coming up out of the uh, Bay Area that's going to come up and talk to us about what decoys work best for him, what shot level works best for him. How to lure them in and what call works best and how to use that call. So that would be an interesting seminar. And then in May, we're going to have a guy that does deep water uh, deep water fishing out in the ocean. And he's going to be going over the new ling cod below 300 feet. And for that one, we've made a special deal with Daiwa to get some uh, electric reels coming into the store. Because 300 feet is a long ways to crank. So we got those electric reels coming in. He'll go over those and how to use them, and we'll have them for purchasing. There'll be several other seminars coming up throughout the year, and we'll keep you posted. With the dates, just keep an eye on our Facebook page and on our web page, and, of course, listen to SEP here, and we'll have it there. All right? You all have a great weekend. I'll see you at the store. Thanks a lot guns
4: fishing and other stuff you'll find everything you need and more on the shelves of their two big stores in backville at 197 butcher road and in dublin at 6705 amador plaza don't miss the deals at guns fishing and other stuff and be sure to check them out on the web at gunsfishing.com
5: and now more california sportsmen with seth hendrickson
1: you know, I got to call at 7.01 or 6.01 this morning as I'm going live on the radio. Steve Mitchell calling me up. Question marks. I, I can't talk to Steve. I'm on the air right now. I guess I should have told him what time to call in this morning, huh? Well, that's what I did. And Steve Mitchell's our next guest here on the show. Good morning, Captain. Hey, good
9: morning, guys.
1: Well, good morning is the right thing. I'm sorry I forgot to send you your time. And thanks for checking in with <laughs> us to get it this morning, my friend.
9: Right, right,
1: right. Steve, Steve, fantastic seminars. The attendance at all of the Sturgeon seminars was outstanding. I mean, you guys blew the doors off. Sturgeon is the most important thing on their minds in January at the ISE show. It isn't stripers. It isn't steelhead. It isn't the salmon season we just went through. It's nothing but sturgeon and waiting for stripers to get going. And apparently, you got your finger on the pulse out there. How's the action been? Oh, it's
9: been actually really, really good, Seth. Uh, we're working on on what we, uh, I'm sure you know what we're talking about, as far as trying to make those numbers come up, uh, to show what we got in our fishery here. And uh, so far, so good. Everybody's been, like, doing their thing and been really, like, collecting good numbers of fish daily, Uh I was just out day before yesterday. I had to do maintenance yesterday, but day before yesterday we came out, hunted around for a little bit and uh ended up marking the fish that we wanted to set up on, we set up on them. But then 10 minutes up unbelievably, we had four fish hooked up at one time. You talking <laughs> about total chaos. All good ones too.
1: All well, good ones. Well, Steve, <laughs> the important thing you said was you did a little looking around, you just kind of slide through that, and then you decided where to set up. Tell our listeners what you go through, what you look for before that setup.
9: Well, you know, I always tell guys, like even in the seminars, you know, I'm saying when I find a fish, you know, I don't, I don't just drop on their heads right away. You know, I want to see what the contour lines is looking like. And I want to see what uh, depth of, of the contour line that those fish are on. And then once I see that, I'll follow that contour line until I see, you know, if I see a little bit more fish or whatever, if they're in the straight line or if they're spread out, that tells me where I'm going to set up on those fish at. And once I do see them, I drop the pick. Because I, like I tell guys, it's not about just where you see the fish at. It's more importantly knowing where you're going to intercept those fish at. So that's why you stay on that same contour and follow it all the way. And Yeah, boom, it was good.
1: Yeah, fish on. That's the name of the game out there. And, Steve, following the contours, you and I understand what that means, but I'm not sure they do. Sturgeon like a particular temperature, particular currents, and they like to all hang in that same zone, don't they? You'll see them – just on the side of a cliff, on the side of a real drop-off, just a whole bunch of them. Not even at the bottom, just suspended halfway down.
9: Yeah, absolutely. Um, basically, what it is is uh, basically, basically, uh, what it is is it's pressure on the fish, you know. According to uh, whatever depth they're in, they can tell the difference in in pressure as you know if they get a little bit more deeper or if they come up a little bit more shallower or what have you. But uh, at that same depth, they'll stay there. And like you said, water temp as well, because we all know uh, the, the bottom water temp is different than the surface water temp. And once they, you know, get acclimated to a certain depth, they'll stay right there in that lane. And that's what we try to look for and try to map that out and try to figure out where we're going to intercept them. And that's how it happens, guys.
1: Well, you find that right depth. You you see that consistency with the fish holding. And then you just move back until you start seeing some fish down a little bit above that, paying attention to which way your current's moving. So the scent and the water from your offerings gets distributed right down into their faces. And how long does it usually take for them to move up on you and get to near your pick and the rods?
9: Uh, it really don't take long at all, man. I mean i'd i give it five minutes, you know, especially if you got a nice little roadblock set up there, you got your spread spread out out like a the shape of an arrowhead. They gotta come through it at some point in time, and once they do come, that sentence hit hitting them real hard, you know, and it's like that sugar is a special offering to them, so of course, it's like uh dessert when there's no dessert, they're coming for it so, well, yeah, dessert's
1: what everybody's looking for out there. right hey steve steve this action is going to hold for quite some time there's no question about it Uh, what's your period that you're going to be fishing it before you'll take a break
9: uh well we'll stay here uh all the way up until april i was going to stay until march and switch back over to the bigger boat but uh being that we know we got all this fresh water like it is uh for some reason or another, I kind of like don't feel like those halibut is going to be up in the upper North Bay like they have been in the previous years. Because, that's a, that's uh, a
1: good thought. A little bit too brackish of water there, not salty enough for them. They might uh, move south on you or just hold off a little bit and yeah. come into the
9: Bay a little bit later. Exactly. And that's what I'm thinking. So at first I was going to like start, uh, try to get a jump start on guys and, and uh, jump on the Malia Kai in March. But now, seeing that we had the storm, we got all this fresh water running out and down, uh, down river, I decided I'll just hang out till April and start at the normal time or whatever. And I think we'll do good down there, probably around Oyster Point, uh, Coyote Point area, Candlestick, all that. That should be good. And hopefully, you know we'll have a good halibut season next. Oh, you will. There's no doubt about it.
1: It's going to be a great season for everything. Steve, give them all the hookup info as well as the website so they can get a hold of you.
9: All right, thanks, up. Yeah, guys, you can uh, definitely get at me at seven zero seven six five five six seven three six, or you can find me all over social media on Facebook or uh, Instagram as uh, Hooked Up Sport Fishing SF Charters on Facebook or just straight up hooked up sport fishing on instagram i do a lot of posting on instagram guys so you can follow me either way give me a call if you guys want to get out here with me it's going to be epic one of the
1: best in the west sturgeon fishermen a speaker at the international sportsman's expo steve mitchell hooked up sport fishing give him a call 707-655-6736 and go out and have some fun with the man steve thanks for hooking up with us we'll talk to you again real soon All right. Thanks, Seth. You guys have a good morning. Good luck to you guys out there today. I hope you all succeed. Well, every show, except last week's show, we like to end it with our good friend, Mr. Dave Hurley, the editor of Western Outdoor News, and today, of course, is no exception. I've asked him to come up with a whole bunch more angling opportunities, but I want to ask him what he thought of the ISE show before we get to that. Good morning, Dave.
19: Oh, it was great to see it. Good morning, Seth. It was great to see it come back. It was great to see John Kirk. They do such a wonderful job it was great to see the seminars packed and the aisles packed and i'm um, looking forward to next year we're building and uh it's just getting it's going to get bigger and better you know yeah. everybody would love getting out there and love seeing each other so that was fantastic
1: it, it was just a great experience and i know you did the same thing i did talking to old friends all night long
19: yeah it, it, that's always great to see you know sep uh, that was a great report you had on Comanche, you know they planted a 1,800 pounds yesterday, and Robbie Dunham went out and he took young Eric Gregory for his sixteenth birthday, and he got. They limited out on trout like 11:30 in the morning, but he got a seven three and an eight one, oh, and
3: geez. doing
19: the same thing that doing the same thing that uh, Nate's doing, trolling the uh, grubs in the morning. You know those uh, three inch. Uh, Steps grubs. Yeah, uh, it doesn't
1: matter whether they're seps or anybody's. They seem to be very, very effective. Good minnow imitation, a good leech imitation, good nightcrawler imitations. Get it out there, folks. You're going to get fish.
19: Yeah, that white and the sun-kissed, is, uh, which is the orange and yellow, seem to be going good. But we got some good reports coming out of uh, New Maloney's. Even though there's a lot of debris in the lake, that lake has come up quite a bit. You just have to find some clear water, but the trout fishing has been good there with spoons. You know, they're all in the top 15 feet. You know, uh, uh, just, but they want it slower because uh, the water is cold. Don Pedro was doing very well as well, and I think the water is a little bit clearer, at Don Pedro, especially out of Fleming Meadows. Uh, you know, it's 49 degrees. Those fish want it cold, but guys are catching trout on kokanee here, and we had a 11.5 inch kokanee caught out of uh, New Melones by Kyle Wise of Headhunter when he was limiting out on trout. So those, that's,
1: that's a pretty great. good sized fish for this early in the season.
19: That's what I say. You know, it's that's a really good sign. And you know, one of the things I I know you've covered all day long today is when these lakes clear, it's going to be on.
1: KD you know, bar this, the door, it's going to be on.
19: These fish are really healthy right now, which is looking good. You know, normally in on Peter, those fish have the tendency to get copepods, but they're they're really nice and and crisp right now, somewhere in the two to three pound range on the upper end. Another sleeper that people don't talk about is College. You know, that will, that lake stays very clear. And they have brook trout in there, so that's a good lake to go roll some shad in. So there's some there's some good options out there as well for freshwater guys that want to troll. Amador is now starting to clear. You know, they they, they have a strain of trout called the blue step, and they're an, actually a blue trout. It's amazing. You know, they have these lightnings now, but now they have a blue. And they got the yellow-orange lightning trout, and now they got a blue one to go with it? They had a blue on it. it looks like a cobalt blue, and it's just incredibly. Uh, it's amazing. When they first said they were planting blues, I was like, yeah, i got to see this. Send but,
1: uh, me a photo. i got to see this thing. I've never heard of it.
19: I never heard of it before either, but somehow they came up with this bright, it's like a neon bright cobalt blue, and there's some big fish they're putting in there. And that lake is now starting to clear. It's, it was a mud hole for a while. It always muds up, just like Collins does too. You know, heavy, nice, good planting program, but... Uh, water's got to clear before uh, you're going to do very have, good. Have habitat. you
1: heard anything lately about Los Vaqueros?
19: Yeah, Los Vaqueros was closed there for a brief period of time, but now it's back open. You know, they have a pretty aggressive planting program. Right. And, and guys, a lot of guys from the Central Valley and from the Bay Area will go to Los Vicaros to, to troll for trout, to catch trout off the bank. And you can always get striped bass in there as well, too. They're loading up on those uh, trout those planted trout that are there. So it's a good option. You know, one of the ways you can check on that is is to go to their Facebook page. They always have reports there. I haven't looked at it recently because it's not a lake that I normally cover for Western Outdoor News. Uh, other than editing it, but uh, it was closed because the road had flooded, but I know it's back open now.
1: Well, we're going to have to bail out of here, Dave, but uh, before we go, I hope uh, one of these days my new boat will be arriving and that you'll join me at Berryessa, and we'll follow Nate Kelsch all over the damn place.
19: Hey, that sounds like a plan. All right, thanks
1: for hooking up with this guy. Hey, I want to thank all you guys for listening today. We appreciate it. We're back from the shows, and we're ready to go. I hope you are too. Tight lines, everybody.